Hooray Run Podcast, Episode 28. Fantastic conversation ahead with Tim Nelson, who had a tremendous running career at the University of Wisconsin Stout. Tim won four Division Three national titles during his time at Stout. And Tim reflects on that career. We go down memory lane on some of the bigger races during his career at Stout. And also some of the darker times, what got him to the top tier of Division Three running. A lot of good wisdom in this talk. I want to get right to it. Before we get to the conversation, Hooray Run Podcast, now on Spotify. Excited about that. So if you listen to your podcast primarily on Spotify, search Hooray Run Podcast. It's there. And before we get to Tim Nelson, as always, my friend Mikey, a.k.a. Meeks Palmer on SoundCloud. Mikey, you gotta drop that beat for us. Joining me on the line now, a former D3 running standout, four-time D3 national champion from Wisconsin Stout, it's Tim Nelson. And Tim, you just asked me in our pre-call here, how'd you find me? And I just had to give you a little backstory on how I followed your career back at UW Stout and you were making just great gains with your career and making headlines in the D3 running landscape. And I was keeping up with your career while I ran at fellow D3 school, Hope College in Holland, Michigan. So I've had you on my radar during my running career. And I just thought the other day, I was like, what's Tim Nelson up to? I think it'd be a great interview to see how he got to where he, where he got in his running career and just out of the blue message you on Facebook. And here we are chatting, Tim, how are you tonight? Hey, James. Yeah, thanks for asking me to do this. Um, I'm doing really well tonight. I'm just chilling at home after a, you know kind of a busy weekend. So uh, yeah, it was kind of a surprise when you asked me to do this, but I'm, I'm glad you did. Thank you. When's your When was your last interview about your running career? Has it been a been a few years? Yeah, yeah, it's been a couple of years. You know, I'll be honest with you. I don't I don't think about it too often anymore. Okay, yeah. but it's kind of it's kind of cool. And then when I went for uh, a run. Uh, I think Friday and then today when I went for my run, you know, I was kind of thinking about, well, what, I wonder what I'll say. So sure. I didn't rehearse anything, but I kind of thought about it. <laughs> we'll, we'll just go kind of on a whim here, but I got some good notes and we'll, we'll make the conversation flow. And, and I'm glad you got a run to reflect on the career a bit before the conversation here. I, I just want to throw it back first to your high school career. Um, in the lead up to this interview, I was just doing research and, and reading how you didn't get really into running until age 17. Do you remember the year or the the month, a specific day when, when running kind of clicked for you back in high school? Um, not really like a specific time. Um, I remember that like when I was a, a kid, like a young kid, and we'd run the, the mile in gym class. Um, I was, you know, I didn't train at all. You know, I didn't put any effort into it whatsoever, but I was just better than all the other kids, you know on the gym class when we had to do that and everybody else hated like the the mile day and i i kind of enjoyed it i liked it you know and i i never really put two and two together that maybe this was a sport i should do um i played football for three years and broke three bones um <laughs> freshman sophomore junior year so my my illustrious football career was kind of non-existent um and i grew up in a, a football town and i think that was actually one of the the things that really drove me to be a successful runner is just because i was not good at any other sports and 
I kind of, you know, felt bad about that. And, um, you know, kind of, you know, I, at times got picked on because I wasn't very good at other sports. And then my junior year, I decided, well, you know what, I'm actually going to commit to track and running. And I just, um, you know, I went from like running like 5:30 in the mile to like five minutes after like a couple months, like two months of just, you know, running a little bit, you know, running Jeez. very little, but you know, just running a little bit. And then, uh, from there I decided I would do, um, cross country the following fall. An interesting story is that my school did not actually even have a cross country team. Um, so I had to, uh, I trained myself. Our athletic director told me kind of to pound sand when I asked him if I could do cross country individually, because then they would have had to pay to, for, for me to be an actual school sanctioned sport, <laughs> they would have had to, um, hired a coach and then paid a coach like a couple thousand bucks here. And, you know, being such a small school district that I came from, I don't imagine that they could afford to do that. Yeah. It wasn't in the budget. So I linked up with my track coach from the previous year and he said, well, look, I'll, I'll get you into the meets. You just have to drive yourself to the meets and pay your own way in. So I actually paid my own way into high school meets a few times and I would drive myself to all the, my own meets. I like looking back on it now, I'm very surprised that like they let me do that. I wonder, I wonder if a school district would do that anymore. Just no good liability, you know, but right. anyway, so I did. And I actually, I got a lot better because then that year in between my junior year and senior year, I decided uh, just like, Hey, I'm just going to run for the entire summer. I didn't run a lot. You know, I ran like three to five miles a day, like six days a week, Okay, you know, ran some summer road races. And then I, I got a lot better though. I actually ended up breaking 17 minutes, um, that fall in the 5k. So like I made significant improvements. Mm. Do you remember the fees for those cross country meets? How much money were I think you like the, those meets? I think the most. <laughs> I think the most I ever paid was fifteen dollars. Okay, it okay. wasn't. Too, it wasn't too steep. Yeah. <laughs> did you Did you run through the winter during high school? Did you do any indoor track, or was it mainly just those occasional cross races and then a lot of track in the spring? Yeah, just track in the spring. I did run. I I did my senior year after cross country ended, I did train all the way through the winter time, but I didn't run any indoor races or anything. Okay. So before around age 17 with your athletic career, you had no intentions then to do any athletics in college before you really clicked with running. Yeah. No intentions whatsoever. Okay. Oh, I was, yeah, I was, I was set to go to the university of Minnesota just as like a, a general student. And I'm, you know, I'm sure that would have been fine, but I'm very glad things worked out the way they did. Sure. At what point senior year then, or maybe even junior year, but when did you think in high school at Augusta High, correct? Is that where you graduated from? Yep, Augusta okay. High School, yep. Yep. What At what point at Augusta were you eyeing collegiate running opportunities? And just talk about that recruiting process and if you had any D1 or D2 offers or was it really looking D3 the whole way? Okay, well, I have to tell you a pretty deep decent story okay um, good if you don't mind so yeah after my junior year of track you know i ran like five minutes in the mile i ran uh the water and i was a lot heavier when i was like a maybe like a sophomore junior in college i you know i weighed like 180 pounds it's kind of chubby well anyways i ran the water street mile in eau claire which was a summer road race and i met my future uh, college coach for the first time ever matt Schoff, who had just became the head coach at uw stout and either way one of the coaches in the conference, very famous, mm. you know, in the local distance running area here, named Marty Bushland, 
called Matt Schaff. Matt, after the race, you know, I ran a 457, broke five minutes for the first time ever. And he's like, Matt, you, know, you should really consider, you know, uh, recruiting this kid, Tim Nelson. <laughs> you know, and Schaff's like, I gave Schaff, M- Marty insisted, I gave Schaff my number, like on a slip of paper. Um, and uh, he thought to, like, and he would tell you this. He's like, who is this chubby slow kid that i just beat in the mile and he actually threw my life he threw my number away and was like i'm never gonna recruit this kid what a waste of time and then yeah and then that fall i remember when i was running some pretty good times in cross he called marty back up with his tail between his legs he's like hey marty do you think you can give me tim's number again <laughs> he ain't but, grow on that one yeah <laughs> yeah oh he did but uh, we've joked about it many many times and we never raced again he and i so lifetime coach Schaff is uh He's one and all against okay. me. He's got the lead. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. So uh, I think though, I I think I re- it really became like reality when uh, Oshkosh, UW Oshkosh was probably the first college to recruit me. Them, them and Schaff, um at Stout were probably the first ones to recruit me. Um, and I guess that would have been October, November at the end of my cross season. And that's when it seemed reality when some schools were actually having me come visit their, their campus for, for running. Sure. Where'd you get your uh, 1,632 down to your senior year track? Four, 428. Okay. Did you run 32 yep. as well? Yep. I ran 951 once. Gotcha. That was at state. I ran, I broke 10 just the one time. Okay. Then how many yep. colleges did you visit? Two, only two. Okay. Um, just Stout and Oshkosh. I pretty much ruled it down there. And uh, Eau Claire, the coach, also called me too and asked me. Uh, but at that time, I'd already made my, my mind up. So Okay. Yep. And I got no no Division One or Division Two offers. Gotcha. And were you always just intrigued by Schaff there, your coach? Just his philosophies or just maybe you clicked when you first met him? Um, was that? I'm sure that was a big appeal to enrolling at Stout there. At, yeah, the, he. So I was pretty much set on going to Oshkosh. Oshkosh had a very good team at the time, and yep. but I remember when I when when I went on the tour at Stout, um, it was in it was in December, um, and I didn't really want to go. I pretty much made up my mind that I was going to go to Oshkosh. But I remember telling my dad, I was like, "Well, Dad, this guy Coach Shaw from Stout keeps calling me, and he's been so nice and so respectful, and he just you you know he he just." He always calls and asks me what my race is. He follows up on every meet. I feel like I owe it to him just to go to the campus, spend a half day there, tell him I'm not interested, but at least give him the time of day. You know, and then when I did go there, I actually fell in love with it. And it felt like way more like home, you know, and um, I, it, was, it was really nice to just feel really wanted. You know, like I could tell that Coach Schaff like really, really, really wanted me to come be on his team okay. where – and nothing, nothing against Oshkosh whatsoever, but I feel like they felt more like, oh, it would be nice. You know, if you come, cool. If you don't, fine. You know, mm. but Coach Schaff really wanted me there. You know, and that, you know, um, that made a, that made all the difference, honestly. Yeah, you felt wanted, felt needed in a way, almost. Did you yep. meet, did you meet for, uh, future teammates on any visits there? I did. Yep. Okay. I'm and, and both. Yeah. Yep. Good. Good. Then freshman year, kind of right off the bat, you, you got a medical red shirt your freshman year from what I was reading and really didn't race much. Did you race anything in, in freshman year cross country? I did. I ran one illustrious uh, 8K <laughs> at the beginning of the year. And I I tell, I, I remember 
comparing this with a lot of other athletes, um, I ran one 8K and it was like 400 meters long and there was like two inches of standing water on the course at UW-Whitewater and I ran a 30-14. Jeez. Which sounds, ter- which sounds terrible, but I was actually the number four runner on our team that day and like placed kind of, I placed kind of towards the front because I remember the guy who won, his name was Chris Wirtz and he was a national champion for UW-Eau Claire in the steeplechase. And he ran like 27-40 to win. Oh, jeez. Okay. So it was a pretty... Yeah, it was a pretty shitty day. It's good <laughs> to understand telling, the circumstances. Thanks for yeah, explaining that. Yeah, <laughs> but just telling people the time, 3014 is kind of fun. <laughs> um, the, did, did you feel like something changed freshman year at track? I know you, you said some quotes really junior year, and we'll get to that junior year when you just really kind of hit a springboard and, and took off to – to hit really the national scene in D3. Um, but do you remember anything after that medical red shirt um, or any dark times in college where you went through just kind of mental lapses of thinking, maybe this isn't for me, maybe this isn't in the cards for me to continue this as a, as a career, college career with running? Oh, absolutely. Okay. I, uh, um, I remember, uh, so I, I, I did the medical red shirt. Then I came and I ran really and. Enjoy- just because I never trained in high school. Like I, I think the most miles I probably ever ran in a week was like 25, you know, mm. and then just coming to college and running like, you know, consistent, you know, 30 mile weeks, you know, like 40 mile weeks. I really improved cross training and I ran, you know, some really good times for me in, in, especially in indoor track my freshman year. And I was a little cocky and I thought that I was working really, really hard and in, in retrospect, I, I wasn't. Um, and I, I think a lot of people never get past that. Like, at least I was able to recognize eventually that, Hey, I can work a lot harder than I, than I am. And, but anyways, my sophomore year, I ran, I ran good in cross country, especially considering I never had like a lot of mileage. Um, you know, my background. Yeah. Sorry. I got, I got work stuff going on my phone, get rid of it. Um, so, but I'd never really trained for the mileage, um, or like, you know, for the distance of an eight K. And so I ran good with that consideration. Um, but then that track season, it ran horribly and I was, I was miserable and I wanted to quit. And I, we had a lot of guys quit on our team. And I think that like, you know, everybody goes through a time like that and you have to find a way to get through it though. And for me, um, I really didn't get through it that track season. I wanted to quit. I told coach Schaff that I was done after, after a race, he, he made me continue to race, which was good, you know, um, I'm glad, I'm glad he did that. I'm glad I didn't just give up on him or on myself, but I do remember really strongly considering transferring to another school. Um, and I, I sat down with coach and he said, Hey, look, he's like, there's, there's two options. You can, you can quit, you know, you can transfer to another school or you can be the guy to decide that you want to make it better and make a difference. And you can be the future of the program. And I'm really glad that I chose to do that. I remember coming out of his office and be like, Nope, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to stick it out. I'm going to stay here. I'm going to work hard and it did not turn around immediately. Um, yeah. <laughs> that whole track season was, I don't think I PR the entire time. Um, sophomore year I did, is- it was, it was, yeah, it was, yeah. and I, I mean, my performances were very underwhelming. Um, but you know, I decided to stick with it. And then that summer I made the commitment to live in Menominee. Mm-hmm. Um, I lived at the house I was living in or I was, li- I lived at the house that I was going to stay at for the whole school year. I didn't go home. Um, and trained with one other teammate and that was Peter Johnston. And that made a huge difference because Peter, I remember at the beginning of the, um, 
I remember at the beginning of the summer, he's like, yeah, my goal for this, this cross season is I'm going to be an all American. And I was like, that's stupid. You know, <laughs> audacious, like, UW Stout hasn't, yeah, it's like, you know, UW Stout hasn't had an all American in you know, 15 years in cross or whatever. And like Peter really didn't have a lot to back that up on. He, yeah, he was the best guy on our team, but uh-huh. he wasn't, he wasn't all American caliber, but he was so sure of it. And we trained together the entire summer and he just dragged me around the entire summer and we ran hard all the time. We didn't do any workouts. We, all we did, we didn't, I don't even think we did any long runs. I just think like every day we just went and grinded and it really made a big difference uh, for my running. Cause Peter just kind of dragged me into way better fitness than I'd ever been before. Did he dust you a few times that summer? M- most times. Okay. You know, I just did everything I could just to, just to hang on pretty much on a daily basis. <laughs> <laughs> How many miles a week do you think you're hitting that summer? It wasn't a lot. Okay. Um, it was a lot for me, but it wasn't a lot. I, Peter was probably running like in the sixties and I was probably running in the fifties. Okay. So, okay. Yeah. And what happened with his season there? I had a note here actually in, in my interview notes here. I, I was just going to say, tell me how, how Peter Johnston impacted your running career. So you already hit it at, hit it. Dude. At. Yeah. He, he was so, he was so crucial. Well, a, he was like the best teammate or one of the best teammates I ever had. Okay. You know, um, and we can talk about that a little bit more later, but I do remember that that, that season we ran really, really well, pretty much every meet Peter and I went out and crushed it. And I, I learned a lot from Peter and, uh, Peter was a guy who, who had been prone to having off days, um, in the past. Um, but that season he didn't, he pretty much ran well every single time he laced up his spikes, which is, you know, I think obviously that's a good thing. Um, and I remember that he, I I was running the 8k at nationals and i was like a fat girl at prom at nationals i was not (laughs) hoping to win i was not hoping to be an all-american i was just happy to be there and but i i ran well that day but i remember looking up at like the 6k mark and seeing him in like the top 15 sure i was like oh my god he's actually gonna do it he's actually going to be an all-american like you know i didn't believe him at all you know and uh, sure enough, he did. He became the first All-American uh, in quite some time. It was really freaking awesome. And that's when I believed that I could do it. I was like, I, I trained with this guy the entire summer. You know, I'm not that far behind him in cross. Like, he was he was definitely better than me, but he wasn't better than me by, like, so much that I didn't think that it was possible. And that's when I believed that I could do it. Did you send a whole team to Nationals that year? 20 no. Okay. No, we, ne- we never did that when I was at St- Okay. Out. uh since since i graduated they have three times which i'm very proud of but gotcha. unfortunately we never did when i was there that that was 2010 season then right yeah an all-american and you were yep. real close to all-american status would you finish there at nationals 40 something okay in the okay. 40s i think low i think it was i think it was 43rd 42nd okay yeah gotcha so track no yep. me, no medical red shirts track you had four complete years you didn't have a fifth year at track um so that junior year then of track, I know we kind of zoomed through cross there, 2010, but um, the 2011 track season, indoor, outdoor, um, what was your key race, either indoor or outdoor there, where it kind of launched you into just the incredible 2012 year that you had? Uh, 2011, what was the big turnaround there for you? Well, I just, I, I was really on like a rocket, you know, of, of just, I, I had been consistently healthy for long enough that like, I, I really just improved 
dramatically and yeah. back then Shaw used to just throw this through the meat grinder he <laughs> he we didn't run the most miles but nobody ran harder on a day-to-day week-to-week basis i don't think that we did i you know i ran so many runs at six minute pace or below or you know off tempo runs tempo runs he just grinded us down into a pulp and it was good and bad some guys really struggled with that kind of training and he overtrained them and then there were some guys like me um peter Mitch Eastgren, who really responded well to it and got a lot better. But um, I ran, I ran pretty well all through track. Big, big PRs, you know, and was like one of the better guys in the conference. But then I ran a last chance meet, mm. not really hoping to go to nationals, but hoping to just break fifteen in the five k because I'd been close, but I hadn't done it. Um, and I just remember we went out at like two fifty five for the, and I, I was like the worst guy in the, there was like the elite pack of guys, yeah. a lot of them trying to go to nationals. And I was like the worst guy in that pack, <laughs> but still in it, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I remember, I remember we ran through the first K in like two fifty five, and I was like, I feel really good. I was like, this is cool because if I, um, just hang on and run three minute Ks, which is like what I've been running in workouts for the last couple of months, if I just run three minute Ks for a while, uh, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll break 15. I'll run, you know, 1450 something. Yeah. And before I knew it, then I was like, we were at like the, you know, the two mile mark. So like the three K 3,200, 3,500, I don't remember exactly where, but like the leader who was also another YX superstar. I remember Terry Witkowski, who was an all American, um, in cross, I was just nipping at his heels. I kept stepping on his heels and I was like, Tim, <laughs> the only reason you need to go. Cause you're just, you're literally just crowding the dude. So I actually won that race and I, I think I ran my last K probably in like 250 and ran like 1440 something and smashed our school record, Jeez. which wasn't great at the time, but that, that was like a big race. And then probably my favorite college race I ever ran. Um, so that race really propelled me when I beat a lot of those guys that I honestly never even thought I could beat. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I ran in, uh, the coach took me out to Gina. Uh, I think it was called the Gina relays. No, it was, I think it, yeah, yeah, yep. Yep. it was at Hillsdale, and the blue track. It was yep. really cool, oh, yeah. but it was. So they ran the 10k. I ran. That was my first and only 10k. So I ran like 14:30 something. So I PR for like another 10 seconds, and my like three weeks later in the 5k, and then I was going to run the 10k. Coach was like, "Okay, this was back when they had auto and Provo yeah, times." Yeah. Yep. Yeah, so we were hoping to run like a really good Provo time, or maybe even auto. No, we didn't really know what I could run, but. Um, there was a couple really good guys from the Wyack in that 10K race, and they ran it probably at like 10 p.m. And I remember, I remember we were out for our warm up. Me and uh, Tom Breitbach from Eau Claire, who was a very good friend of mine, um, um, we were warming up, and then we ran down by all the frat houses, and it was like 9:30 at night or whatever. So it was dark out, everyone's drunk and partying, you know, and, <laughs> and cheering us on as we warm up, you know. But then we went and ran the race, and all the teams had left by then. It was so late at night, you know, everybody had to wake up and compete tomorrow so we there was like two people in the stands you know or whatever (laughs) and the only people that were there were like the distance crews so they shot the gun off you know and i just went out and ran you know i didn't really i don't think i really had a race plan i just kind of just was like hey let's just run three minute k's as long as you possibly can (laughs) um and i ran with jason garvins who was a really superstar from platteville all-american many many times Mm -hmm. and i remember the last couple miles everybody stopped cheering for like their athlete or their team they were just cheering for us Ooh. you know like i remember tom ansack who's just an unbelievable coach the, the uw platteville coach who's probably coached more elite division 
Division three runners, just about anyone. Mm-hmm. Um, he was rooting for me and Jason to get to nationals together. You know, so honestly, Jason and I just traded on, traded off, traded on, traded off, leading. And everybody crowded in. Like there was, I, there was like only like two lanes available on the track. Lane three was crowded with people. You had lane one to run in and lane two to pass in, and that was it. You know, I was late at night, Good and almost there. It was so fun though, and I ran like thirty oh six, I think. Um, and our our school record had been thirty fifty seven. Oh my So goodness. that was pretty sweet. And then that was an auto time back then. Um, so I knew I was going to Nats. So that was pretty cool. Jeez. Did, so you surprised yeah. yourself that night? Would you say that? Yeah, big time. It was okay. like I was blown away. That was probably then that looking back on it, just with how electric that night was and how close all the people were and how nobody was cheering for their team. They were just cheering for all of us to like get to Nats together. Mm-hmm. Um that was probably like my favorite race ever. <laughs> 20, I think I think yeah. back on that one more so than any other, I think. Really? Cuz I have a few, I mean, 2012 again just you were on just a mission and you you got a lot of cool opportunities that yeah, last couple of years. Of yeah, cross nothing country. was. No, I agree with you, but yep. uh, nothing was as cool as uh, as that. I don't think. Yep, the whole atmosphere with the lead up to it, and mm-hmm. when you surprise yourself, just thirty oh six crushing a school record. I I uh, totally understand for sure that that takes the cake for you. Did, do you remember much about the the nationals national meet ten k then that year, junior year? Yeah, um, I did not run very well. I was okay. probably good enough that I could have been the third or fourth place guy, but I really faded the last K. Um, I, I had like some sort of electrolyte deficiency, heat exhaustion. I, I didn't run great. I always struggled in the heat. I really did. I always okay. did. Um, and I got eighth. So it's still cool. It's my first All-American award. Um, yep. But then the, the next race, uh, I, two days later, I ran the 5K. So I just drank a lot of Gatorade, got myself <laughs> back in the right mindset. And I just remember my coach telling me, you know, don't really worry about place. He's like, just go out and run with the pack and just see what you can do. You know, like, let's just, just settle in with the pack, hang tough. And then that last mile, just grind as hard as you possibly can. And don't really worry about being all American. And I ended up getting fifth and that was a far better race. And, you know, there was, there was better guys out there than me. I just happened to run really, really tough and, you know, did not succumb to, you know, the heat or, you know, my desire to slow down. Sure. Well, you said tough there. Two words, you know, in my in my research lead up to this that really tie to your college career there were toughness and consistency is what came up in some video interviews and just some written articles about your career there. Um, do you feel like you really found that, that consistency in, in your prioritizing and then just that toughness that you really took pride in, you know, 2011, do you feel like that really sh- shown through for you, toughness and consistency? Yep. Okay. Yep, Absolutely. Yeah, that that's when I kind of like. I think I always had it, but I discovered it then. Mm-hmm. And you talked too about, yeah. um, you know, staying really since the medical redshirt that freshman year, staying relatively healthy or fully healthy throughout your career. And uh, another interview, you said, you know, you talked about injury prevention, but also like taking care of, um, not taking care of an injury like after it happens, but injury prevention and and how that got into your training like a key core to your training was just even if you're not injured if you're healthy throughout the entire season of cross or into indoor just still working on drills and core work and other just aspects of injury prevention can you talk about that approach to training as well yeah we were really really big into that at stout when i was there just just really hammering the core we would do like 100 push-ups and like 12 minutes of core like many days a week strides 
Um, I think at the end we started getting into like hurdle drills, you know, like the hip mobility stuff. Um, ice bathing. I was, I was a huge <laughs> proponent of ice bathing. I yeah. probably did. I ice bathed one to two times a day, you know, really? on my, uh, even on my day, on my days off, I would, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't run or cross train or anything, but I'd come in and ice still. And I, I, man, I didn't, I didn't get hurt. You know, I don't yeah. know. I can't, I, a correlation, I guess is not always equal causation or whatever, but I didn't get hurt. And I really think that a, that core strength and lifting weights was good for me because it kind of cleaned up my form i always kind of struggled with form especially when i got tired and started to break down yeah. and i think that really helped um a lot of the, the lifting we did and the core work and then that ice bathing just to keep yourself healthy and get, get that inflammation down and then it, it, i think it allows you to come back and go hard again sooner you know you're just speeding up that recovery process uh you know i, I never was really big in the science of running but i i am mm-hmm. i was a big believer in that you know whatever yeah. your system is and whatever your coach says, hey, this is what we're doing for recovery and you know injury prevention. You got to sell out to it. Um, you know, yeah. there's a funny saying that I that we that I that we say in the army now, but I think I I wish I would have learned it sooner. You know, um, but it's like sometimes we'll joke around, you know, with, with you know with privates or younger soldiers and say, hey, we're we're hiring you from the neck down. You know, mm-hmm. we don't we don't need you to think. We just we just need you to do. <laughs> and I I think that's very important for distance runners too. It's like you know what, sometimes it's okay to just be. You know, like it just, 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 just be there from the neck down. You don't need to overthink yeah. it. You don't need to think about what you need to, you know, you just, you know, let your coach do the thinking and you just go execute and do, you know, sure. let somebody else be the brains behind the whole training. And, you know, if your coach says, this is what you're doing, sell out to it and just do it, you know, and mm-hmm. then that takes some of that pressure off you, you know? Oh yeah. Yep. That's great advice for either yeah. an aspiring runner or someone still in their collegiate career at this time. Um, 2011 cross you you do you finish fourth at nationals um was there a time in summer training leading into 2011 cross or just a race before nationals that season that really indicated to you that in your coach shop there that you could be top five at the national meet uh i don't i don't i won uh I won the Water Street Mile in Eau Claire. That was really cool, considering <laughs> I wasn't really a miler. <laughs> considering yeah. I was never really a oh, miler. That's a boost, right? Yeah, that's yeah, a I was boost. like, woo, that was that was just fun. <laughs> um, and then no, I that I I was uh, very consistent, um, and I won a lot of races that that fall. But there were still guys that were just legitimately better, like Ben Sather or Sadry. I don't. Oh yeah, yeah. Exactly know how you pronounce it. But he was probably he's one of the best cross country runners Division Three has ever had. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I truly believe that. I, I'd put him up there against anybody. I think he was him. His senior year was just as good as me. My senior year, that 2012 year, that would have been a yeah. heck of a fight. He was so good at cross, but he was head and shoulders better than me that year. Um, when I got fourth and he won. Yep. Did he? Did you have battles with him in the spring then? Five and ten. Uh no. Um, okay. Kind of, but I mean, it just like he handled me in the uh the cross season i i handled him uh in the track season so you know um i think i was probably i loved cross i like cross just as much as as track but i, I think i was always a little bit better on the track i don't know why but sure maybe i would give myself slightly the edge on in track and field i think if you look at your academic uh school career or academic year that 2011-12 that season of cross indoor outdoor and people see that you you doubled down at the outdoor track championships, one, five, and ten. So when they see fourth at cross in the fall that of eleven, there it shouldn't be surprising. Um, was there any 
was there any surprise there at the national meet 2011 cross of finishing top five or going into it? Was that, uh, no, a goal that was your goal. Okay. It was, so we, we were trying to win, you know, we didn't, yeah. I don't think, I don't think either my coach or I thought I was the favorite, but I think we, we figured that there was a chance that if I ran really well, I could win. And it was pretty apparent to me, you know, by, by probably 4k in, maybe even before that, that, it, that those guys were, were a little bit better, but um, I ran hard, ran well, PR'd by a lot, but yeah, yeah, they were, you know, top five was not a surprise. Yeah. Before we get into the, just the wild 2012, uh, 2011 was when you officially enlisted in the army, correct? Yeah. Yeah. That's when I joined ROTC. Yep. yep. I didn't enlist, but yeah, I, com- okay, I contracted committed. Yeah, yeah. ROTC. Yep. Sure. Yep. Yeah. You're correct. Yep. <laughs> I read, uh, in the army, I think it was an army article or just a press release, but it was a pretty detailed article with a lot of good quotes from you, um, that you, you first, or just tell us when you first considered army. And I know it, it started when you were tutoring, doing an econ tutor. Can you tell us the story of how that came to be? Well, really, uh, Peter Johnson was probably the number one reason I did it because he was, he's actually an officer in the army too, in the, the Wisconsin national guard. Okay. Um, but he was doing it and talked pretty highly of it. And that, that was like my first exposure thinking about doing it, you know, training with him when he would talk about it and what he was going through. Um, and then, yeah, it was just, you know, I, I didn't really know what I wanted to do after college and it just seemed like, uh, I don't know, it seemed like something valuable. It seemed like something I would, I would enjoy. And, you know, uh, I've, I'd always respected people who had served and done that and um i had the guy in uh, my economics uh, tutoring he came in and wanted some help with uh with his economics homework i don't really know if i helped him but he sure <laughs> helped me um told me some stories about his you know going to iraq or afghanistan i don't even remember which one it was but he had gone to one or the other and he talked so highly of his experience i think like the next day i don't think i really consulted anybody i don't think i talked to my parents but really i just went down and talked to the recruiter and was like yep sign me up <laughs> i've always been fairly impulsive yeah so and i from what i read and and just hearing hearing from me I, i'm sure there's no regret in that impulsive decision there what you learned no boy, me. no yeah no one of the one of the yeah, one of the best things i've ever done absolutely um around that time i mean we're getting into 2012 there even even before your your indoor 2012 season just about prioritizing again and and talking about uh, getting the right amount of sleep, kind of making running a number one priority in your life. Um, what did, what did you have to sacrifice there, Tim, to really become that just well-rounded all American gunning for national champion status? Uh, what had to change just in your lifestyle, you know, 2011 there where it really became, okay, I'm, I'm really good at this and I want to, and I want to get after some national titles here. Just talk about the way sleep or diet or just your whole lifestyle had to, had to change and what you did to, to really commit to that. Yeah. Um, good question. Well, success begets success, you know? So the fact that I was already tasting some success, I remember an athlete that I ran with, uh, he was a sprinter on our team, Sam flood. He was very good. He was an all American as well. I remember him saying, once you go to that first national meet, man, you're going to, you're going to just want to go back every time you do everything you can. He was right. Um, so I started sleeping a lot more. I actually kind of cut down my, I didn't do this intentionally, but it kind of happened because I ended up having to go to college for five years. Um, instead of pursuing a master's or something valuable, I, uh, (laughs) I just started taking 12 credit semesters. So I had a lot, I had a lot of time on my hands. I did not overload myself. I watched a lot of TV. I probably watched like five or six hours of TV a day, which was really gross. Um, 
but yeah, but I actually, you know, I, I, I trained, I went to class, I came back, I relaxed, you know, I slept eight, nine hours a night and I did not, I was so focused and I did not, instead of doing like eight things mediocre, I did like two things really well, school mm. and running, mm-hmm. you know, um, the sleep was important. Obviously I, I was never a big nutrition guy. I don't have any tips on that, you know? Yeah. Um, but I, I did cut, I always enjoyed, uh, you know, drinking and partying. Um, and I cut back on that big time. I remember I set a limit for myself. You know, I, uh, you know, I would only drink three beers at a, at a, you know, in any given night, you know, so if we went out on the town or something, the, the most beer I would drink was three, um, just to keep myself in line. And yep. you know, obviously outside of the season, I would, I would, you know, imbibe a little more, but during the season I did not, you You're know, definitely I, conscious um, of it. Yep. 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 And it, I think it made a big difference. Cause I don't think I saw anything ruin more college careers than alcohol. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I, I believe that. Yeah. Yep. And you, you said that you found it important to do well in, in the classroom as well. So those two priorities running in the classroom and being a D three athlete where it's, it's always preached student athlete. Uh, did you really take that to heart, you know, going into stout, even your first year at stout or did it take a little time to no i i always did pretty well yep. yeah i yep. always did pretty well in school even my freshman year you know I, I consistently got better um especially as i got more into my major classes but i yeah i i, I didn't ever have a, a bad semester academically which was good mm. uh 2012 running you go on a tear you do just a bunch of headline grabbing stuff in terms of results here. Eight fifteen three k. I know that broke a, a just a long standing stout record. I think from the eighties. Um, what do you remember about that record setting three k indoor? Um. Well, it was at conference, um, and it was actually at Stout, so it was really cool. It was the Wyatt Conference meet at my home track, so I was really and I, they didn't make me run any other. Event events because my coach was like all right we're gonna run you as hard as we can in the 3k to get you prepped for the 5k we want you to go all out we're not doing any other events and this will give you an idea of really where you're at and how hard you can push yourself so we can back off a little bit and run two more k you know and see if you can win the 5k at nationals and back then there was no 3k at nationals um so i remember i went out uh took the lead within the first probably 100 meters and just went to town ran it all on my own it was really a time trial it was a time trial with a lot of fans you know um you know the track obviously was pretty packed because it was my home track meet so we had a lot of fans there a lot of people which was great it's really loud um and uh i do remember uh you know i think i probably could have ran a little faster because it was really i was i was lapping a lot of people uh last lap or two and it was it was pretty congested but no great race a lot of fun and that gave me a lot of confidence you know going in uh, to nationals, knowing that I could push myself that hard all on my own. Yep. Um, yeah. So it was good. What did you get down to in the five k indoor, and when did you set that indoor five k PR? Oh, uh, at Nats. Oh, yep. you did. Okay. Yep. yep. That and that was probably like that was probably I don't know. That was a really fun national championship. That one was pretty cool, just because I, I didn't I I that one I didn't expect to win. I hoped to win. Okay. I thought I could, but there was some other really 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 good runners who had ran like low 14s that year you know 14 10 14 05 whatever it was um so i was i was very excited um just to go like try my hat at it and um yeah to win my first one like that you know i just remember i when i i led for most of it and then a guy two guys passed me and i was feeling pretty shitty and then once they passed me and i got to recharge behind them for like two laps i was like dude i'm good i'm fine you know i can go again and then 
I remember when I went for it, I was just doing my drive to the finish, you know? Um, and, uh, it was my, 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 my number one race technique, my only race technique. And I, I, I have no patents on it, so I have no problem telling you about it now, but instead of wait, I, I wasn't a sprinter, you know, I wasn't a guy who had a great last sub 60 kick, you know, in the last 400, yeah. but I could run a, I could run a really strong last mile, a really lot strong last, um, K. So that's what I did. I just, I, I spread my kick out and I, I basically said, Hey, if anybody can run with me for this long at this fast, then you deserve to win. And there was a lot of races where I did that exact race plan and I was gassed by the time, you know, the last lap came around, but nobody was close enough to catch me or run me down. And no one ever called my bluff. No one ever went with me, you know? And I, I think yeah. it's a race strategy that it's a very, very, very hard race strategy on yourself because mm-hmm. it hurts way more than sitting and kicking and I think it takes a, I think it takes a kind of a twisted mind to do it, but I, I, see, I think it's an underutilized race technique and that's what I did. That's how I won that race. Yeah, it is. You see so many national meets at all, all levels of running where the, when it's a title on the line or a world championship spot or Olympic spot where it's so tactical and it comes down to that last 400, everyone's just bunched and you really extended the kick. I'm so glad you elaborated on that. Cause that was in my notes here too, of just uh, catching some some YouTube clips of your 2012 uh, spring titles. And it, I was just watching. I was like, oh, my gosh. this Tim just really extended his kick. And that's exactly what you just elaborated on it because it wasn't the foot speed there. But that was your strategy going into these these title races of just burying people with about a mile to go. And it sounds like you nailed well, that once, strategy. Once you have – that's the way I want to phrase this <laughs> – once the other person that you're racing believes that they will not beat you, they won't. Like mm-hmm. once you have that mental edge over somebody else where they either fear you or respect you to the point where they believe like there's I Tim is so tough, you know, whoever, you know, Robert is so tough that there's really no way that I can run with him and beat him. Once they believe that, you don't even have to believe that. But if they believe that, oh, you got him. You, you got it in the bag. Yep. You know, you, yep. You got to let them take that mental edge back. But if you don't, you'll beat them every time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What would, what would you run quarters and workouts? 400s. Do you know what your, your fastest 400 is? Like 53 something. Okay. Okay. Yeah. But that wasn't in workouts. That was like, in a I ran a four by four, four, by four. indoor track that year. And, um, I remember I would run 800s in like 203, 205, 206, average like my average would be like 205 for a workout okay you know for we used to do a workout where because you do an 800 at 20 i'd do an 800 at like let's just say 205 mm-hmm. and then i would do a 100 meter float so like a 100 meter jog and then a 300 meter like at mile pace um so for me i was always trying to do 45 seconds i never really i usually would do like 43 47 which is pretty much the exact same speed i was doing the 800s at but okay yeah that's that's what we do that was that was a fun workout. Yeah, when you when you started just jumping up the ranks in D three and and again prioritizing getting more focused with training, I, I heard too you said in an interview that you treated workouts really every day, the day to day, just like it was a national championship meet. Um, did that cu- just come from your toughness of treating everything, you know, almost like a pressure, like every day is precious. Like I got to get after it day to day, no matter if it's a race day, uh, tempo, track workout. Um, did you really take every, every day that serious? I did. I, but I don't think I did it, you know, for the right reasons. I was, I kind of had a 
I, like I said, I think a lot of people, I think are really, really, really good at whatever it is they do. I think sometimes, you know, it's, it comes, you know, maybe not from the healthiest of reasons, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I was so afraid of having a bad workout or getting beat, you know, or, you know, or not doing my best that like I, I took workouts that seriously. And if I did have a bad workout, which didn't happen very often, I was so hard on myself, mm -hmm. you know? So, uh, that, that was the reason I took them really, really seriously because I like to just have a good workout and put it behind me and not have to worry about, you know, cause I, again, you know, I, I overthought stuff like that. What was your favorite workout in college? Uh, off tempos. Okay. So we'd go run like, I'd go run on a hilly route, like 515, 520, 525 pace for, you know, eight, nine miles. Gotcha. Yep. After your indoor five 5k title, are you feeling on top of the world? Are you feeling unbeatable? Do you already have, you know, a 510 double in the spring on, on the radar? What's going through the mind? Yep. Okay. Yeah, I thought that that was the goal. I, I never took anybody. I, that's the thing. I, I don't, I don't, I never took anybody for granted though. Like those top guys, those top guys are so good. You can't underestimate anybody. And I never did. You know, I always took it very seriously and, and realized that, you know, if you had one bad day, that was a difference between getting first and sixth, you know, at the national meet. Um, so I, I, I wouldn't say that I took anybody lightly, but no, I, that was the goal. And I, and I, and I thought I could do it. I knew I could do it. It was just a matter of doing it. Sure. You talk so much and so highly about your teammates in, in interviews as well and how much they mean to you and and obviously Coach Schaff too. Um, but just being real, did you were you running a lot of workouts that, that senior year of track 2012 solo or did you still have guys on the team that could kind of push you, kick, kick you in the rear end a little bit and just or, – or was it a lot of kind of suffering in solitude that senior year? Yeah, it was, it was, it was suffering in solitude. You know – that's why I love my easy days so much in my long runs. Cause those were the days I could go around with my teammates and that was so amazing. But okay. yeah, no, I, I ran every workout by myself. Yep. Gotcha. Um, spring 2012, um, you, you got a great opportunity in April that year to, to go out to California to Mount Sac and, and really go for a really fast 5k. Uh, talk about how that opportunity came to be for you April, 2012. Oh, I didn't ask for it. That was all my coach. He, okay. he was so great. He, he, <laughs> he, he found the race and said, Tim, we need to take you out here and do this. And I, I obviously really wanted to, but he set it up and we have like, and the the athletic director at Stout Dewey Nats set it up and he was, uh, just, he was such a great supporter, you know, and if there was another athlete who came along who was, you know, at that level, he'd do the same for them too, which was, which was great. And yeah, they put it together so I could go out and run that race and we went out and ran it and I'm glad I didn't let him down. Incredible. Broke 14. I believe at the time, uh, it was just the third ever division three sub 14. You went 1357 there. Um, what do you remember from, from Mount Sac? I remember how fast those division one guys were, uh, in the last, <laughs> <laughs> um, and like their, their kick. Yeah, yeah. I remember how I was running as fast as I could, and how they just ran past me like I was standing still. And I have many memories like that, <laughs> my college <laughs> career, um, of guys just dusting me in the last couple hundred meters. But uh, no, I remember that with 500 meters to go, my coach was like, "You can break it. You can break it. You're on pace." You know, just and I, I was like, "Well, I mean, if I'm, I know I'm going to be close." So I, I was running literally as fast as I possibly could for like 500 meters out, you know, like I literally ran like a 500 meter dead out sprint. Um, and I was like, I, there's no, I cannot run any faster than this. I remember thinking to myself and, um, you know, that, that I, I specifically remember that. 
it's got to make the trip home all the more enjoyable too. When you know you you hit that sub fourteen, you get the PR, and coach is happy. You're probably feeling super delighted. Yeah, yeah. that was yeah, that was probably the highlight. You know, probably the best race I ever ran, or what one of. Yeah, I think Coach yep. Schaff going into that is is also thinking. You know, I'm getting Tim out here to Mount Sac with Division One talent, even some you know unattached pro runners, and how much it it'll prime and prep you for doing that double at D3 nationals and just the experience of it. I think that, and I know, I know you guys, I'm sure you mapped it out and, and just planned it to a T really, but his, his mindset going into Mount Sac there too, saying, let's get Tim in, into the ringer here, put him through the ringer here at a 5k out West and, and it'll just prep you all the more for the big time D3 meets coming up ahead. Yep. And I, I think it did, you know, gave me a lot of confidence. Yeah. Yep. And then, uh, probably cruise through, you know, conference, uh, uh, five and 10 K's that year. Or are you just feeling, or how, how, how did you space out racing there going, going into the national track championships 2012? Yeah. Yeah. So I ran the, um, conference, I did the double and then okay. I didn't race again. And then I did the double at nationals. And I th- yeah. actually think that probably the, maybe the best race I ever ran in college was I ran a 5k against Tom Breitbach, who was very good. Um, very, very good at, at conference. Um, and he did not run on the 10 K saving it for the five K, you know, I'm, I'm assuming he was trying to, to win obviously as, as he should. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I remember we went through the three K, you know, like at like nine about, so, you know, pretty slow for Tom and I, Tom was like a very low 14 guy, like 14 Oh something. And I ran my next mile. I remember at four eighteen, which I was like, oh. that's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. Jeez. Um, but yeah, no, so I, yeah, that one. And then, and then we went to Nats and yep. Nats went pretty well. I did not run a pretty 10 K. I still to this day don't think I, I, other than my first 10 K, um, I never ran a good 10 K ever again, really. And I never maximized my performance in the 10 K. I always struggled with it, but I was able to win. Yeah. Thankfully. Um, and then I remember the 5 K was the worst I had ever felt in a race. I remember warming up and thinking to myself, Oh my God, you know, Tim, this is, you have to run a 5k as fast as you can right now against the best dudes, you know, oh, Jordan Schillett, the same night. Yeah. This guy from Haverford, the same night I ran 1357 or like 1359, you know, and he was in the race and he was fresh. So obviously that was, that was a big, you know, I, I definitely respected him. I thought he could beat me, you know, but I, I remember running the race and I remember, hoping that the race was going to go out slow. And my coach told me to just sit at the back of the pack and just wait for the race to develop and then, you know, go for the win the last kilometer. Last, no, he said last 2K, I last think. 2K maybe he said last 16. Then that kick 2K? I don't remember anymore. <laughs> I, think it, I think it might have been 1,200 out or, or maybe 1,600 out. I think it was 1,600. I think the last 1,600, he's like, you need to drive to the finish to win. Um, and I remember going... Um, you know, the, the race went off, or the gun went off. I went to the back of the pack, just as instructed. And then four, three guys who were like the three best guys in the race went for it, you know, and ran like their first lap in like 66. And I was like, oh, okay. great. You know, so like, so after the first lap, I realized that it's like, okay, they're, they're running away from the field. So if I'm going to try to win, I have to be with them. So I put in a surge, caught those guys by, you know, the 600 or the 800. And then I was like, okay, I'm going to settle in. And then I just literally ran in fourth and we ran just that one, two, three, four, me, Jordan Schillett, Ben Sather was there. I mm. think Lee Berube was there, and then myself. Okay. That, that's who it was. And Jordan was leading it, and he got us through 
about 2K, and I remember thinking in the back of my mind, I was like, Tim, you know, you've won, you've won two national championships right now. You raced the 10K, and that, you know, and you you won that. If you if you don't win, no one will think less of you. Yeah. No, no one, no, no one will think that you're, you know, not great or not good. You don't have to win. You know, it'll it'll be okay, and you have an excuse. And I remember 1600 came around, and my coach was like, Tim, go. And I was like, I can't. I feel too crappy. I don't need to win. I already won my one this weekend. And I just sat in fourth. Mm. And I remember the next lap came around, you know, 1200 came around and I, he's like, Tim, go, go, go. Or, and I was like, you know, I I still feel crappy. I'm just going to sit here. And then I remember like thinking to myself, it's like, dude, it's your last track race. How could you do this? You know, you can't just sit back. You got to try. Yeah. You know, so I remember passing and then taking the lead, you know, somewhere around the kilometer mark. And I remember at the 800 mark, um, it was just me and Lee Barube and Lee Barube who was, a, I think he ran for like Geneseo. I think he's a doctor now. Okay. Um, but anyway, I think he is. Um, but anyway, he was right on my tail and I remember with 800 to go, I was like, dude, Tim, you've done all these workouts, all these 800s, all these sprints. And it's like, this, it literally prepared you for this moment. Mm-hmm. Like, how can you not dig deep and just crush just like you did in all those workouts? So that's what I did. And luckily, uh, was able to just kind of drop, uh, Drop Lee and um, I kind of got to take the last lap as a victory lap. So sure. it's kind of cool. Yeah, and that, See, I was very yep. proud of myself for not succumbing because well, I, I wanted yeah. to. I wanted to just settle, but I didn't. Sounds like a lot during that race recollection you just gave there was the mental approach to running and, and getting through a mental obstacle during that 5K. Absolutely. The mental prep. You know, you talk about your toughness and, and it does take the training and, and the talent joined with but it yep yeah well i just you know i this is one thing i thought about when we when you asked me to do this interview like about something and i i I do believe this like toughness cannot be taught you know like it cannot be taught it cannot be trained it it is only learned Mm -hmm. and you have to learn it from yourself like it doesn't matter you can talk to the blue in the face of your coach to your athletes about being tough about grinding it out about wanting to win so badly that you're willing to like put yourself through all sorts of pain and, but it is it, it literally is a completely and utterly uncoachable virtue or value i mean it is something that that individual has to find within themselves and they have to want whatever it is that they're searching for so badly that they're willing to basically forego everything else and i i yeah it's mm-hmm. and i and I, I think quentin cassidy you know in that book once a runner which yep. I, I hope yep. you've read when oh he, yeah he runs that four when he runs that 400 meter workout that's literally that that's what he's talking about when when his coach is like it's a hard thing to know you know or whatever he says that's what it is it, it really is a hard thing to know and you you have to discover it in in yourself and you know i think that that's like something that you know runners should always constantly be searching for is searching for that that next level of toughness that next breakthrough mm-hmm. um yeah yep great words there um just the, again, I want, yeah, I want to get at the mental approach there too, because I know you were really fine tuning the mental approach during your career as well. And you win those, you go double five at five and 10 at 2012 nationals there. Then you get the, it launches you into summer training for what you know is your final season of competitive collegiate running there at, at stout 2012 cross country. Um, Summer. How did your summer 2012 go then with training going into cross? Good. At that time, I was running a lot. Yeah, I, think I was running like 90, Got 90, 95 90. miles a week. Okay. Yep. So yeah. it, was, it was good. I never ran. I've, I've still to this day, I've never ran a hundred mile a week. But okay. 
<laughs> would you yeah. do? Would you? But yeah, no, a lot of. Yeah, summer training is it just a lot of just getting the build up, the miles under your belt? Would you do many any speed workouts, tempos, any road races in the summer? Or was it just building that base, the foundation? A few tempos and off tempos, no speed, um, and yeah, a couple of road races. I don't, I don't, I didn't do a lot, but I did a couple. Okay. I don't. Yeah, nothing big. Twenty twelve, you're you're on it. You continue the tear here. I'm sure you're just um, unabated confidence there and. You get the opportunity. I remember it was Oshkosh weekend of 2012 because you went to the Wisconsin Adidas Invitational in Madison. Um, just a weird, a weird just recollection of mine was I know we were running at the Oshkosh meet that that year, and I think you ran on a Friday, and Oshkosh was on a Saturday. So just in in my hotel room looking at Wisconsin Invite results and and seeing Tim Nelson there in 35th overall breaking. 24 minutes for the 8k course and that kind of just jaw dropped and and uh again another opportunity to run against just stellar division one competition a race there at the wisconsin invite 2012 where um arizona studs go one two uh, laui lang and steven sambu um had to be a thrill of an opportunity there uh again similar to mount sack just kind of uh, retell that just how that came to be and, and what your approach was to the wisconsin invite 2012 Oh, that was fun. Um, I remember, uh, you know, kind of a chip on my shoulder as being the D3 guy. And I remember when I checked in the night before, um, or maybe it was the morning before, but like some of the like Wisconsin, you know, girls softball or volleyball teams were working the meet. It's like probably one of their fundraisers or something. And I remember they're like, oh, wait, you're the division three guy, you know? And I'm like, <laughs> yep, that's me. Can I, can I get my bib please? And they're like, oh, wow. Like, you know, kind of like, you know, it's so nice that they let you play with the big kids, oh, you know, on the goodness. playground. I'm like, Oh, it's kind of funny, you know, and I, but I use that as fuel, you know, and the race itself was amazing. Um, I remember being at the 4k or 5k and only being like 25 meters behind Lawi Lang and Steven yeah. Sambu. Cause we were, we were really bunched up at that time. And then, and then, um, cause I ran my first, uh, 4k probably in like 12 minutes, right. About, and then, you know, and, and then I ran like 23, 50 something. Right. Mm-hmm. So I basically even split the race, maybe, maybe barely negative split it. And those guys beat me. I was essentially with them at the 4K, like Steven Sambu and Lawi. And then they, they essentially beat me by like 50 seconds Yeah. at the end. So just think about how much, how freaking good those guys were. They were amazing, you know. Um, but no, I was really happy with my race. Um, grinded. I, I think that if I would have ran more races like that, I, I definitely could have ran faster, I think. But for, for just like my first opportunity to race in a field like that and a race like that, I, I, it went really well. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I mean, it was a it was a great experience, wonderful experience. I really enjoyed running with the Wisconsin the Wisconsin guys. They were very nice. You know, their coach was out. You know, I, their coach was at McBurn at the time. I don't know if he's their coach anymore, but he was great, very friendly. Did you and Schaff go into that meet hoping to break twenty four? Uh, yes, that was the goal. Yep. Okay. Yep. And we, the goal was to be twelve minutes at the slowest at the at the at the four k, and I'm pretty sure that's. That's, I think that's exactly what I did. So yeah. yeah, I remember seeing that result and just thinking it's it's game over at nationals. Nelson's got this. I'm sure that yeah. hitting the hitting the time, hitting twenty three fifty three, and then um, probably raced pretty sparingly that season. Um, I'm sure you did conference and then and then regionals and nationals. Is that what followed? Followed uh, Wisconsin. Yep. I think yeah, conference, regionals, nationals. Yes, yeah. and. Um, yeah, we were really trying to make it as a team, um, and we were a really good, good team that year. Um, I think that team we had was as good as 
some of the other teams that Stout has had that has made it to nationals mm-hmm. since then. But we, there was just a lot of great competition. I think we got I think we got seventh at regionals, and that was but that was really personally satisfying because we were like the best Stout team that Stout had had in forever. And Patrick Jenkins who was another really outstanding Stout runner who went on to get like he was a All American many more times than I was. But that was our first trip together to nationals. So he came and ran at nationals and ran very well. Jeez. Yeah, I remember yeah. I, I saw Jenkins on the all-time records when I was looking at Stout's all-time records, and he's oh, yeah. he's littered on those lists now. It's cool to see. Yeah. Um, national cross-country meet then, 2012. Um, where was that meet again? Where was it? Do you remember location? Ter- ter- Terre Haute. That was Terre Haute, ter- yep. Terre Haute, Terre Haute. And uh, yep. just feeling – I mean, you got – what you, the mindset going into that race, you know it's your it's your last – race ever running for a UW stout so that has to give you an even bigger boost you know, after going sub 24 at Wisconsin and kind of cleaning house conference and regionals um are you just uh, just at the top of the pyramid right. in terms of mental approach and and confidence going into I, 2012 I, I, this is mine was, to lose there was yeah there was a well, yeah I thought that but there was a, there was a very very good runner who had been dominating that year too named Bill Jones and I was very worried about Bill. I was okay. very, I thought he could beat me. You know, I thought that if I ran well, he wouldn't, but I thought that he could, you know, so I, I was, I respected him very much. Um, mm-hmm. and you know, we just ran, you know, coach Schaff said, you can basically set your own race plan. It's whatever you want to do. If you want to just run as hard as you can and just try to run your best time, do that. If you don't want to do that and you want to run with the pack and try to win in like the last couple of kilometers, also do that. He let me pick. I decided I wanted to run as hard as I could, which was more my nature. Um, and I, I ran myself into the ground. I think I remember at the seven K I had like a 35 second lead. And at the time that would have been like the largest margin of victory ever in a division three race. And I just, the wheels totally fell off. I've never felt like that before, but the wheels totally fell off. And I was like stumbling the last 500 yards. I knew like the last 500 meters. I was like, I remember this going through my head. Like I realized what was happening to myself. My body was literally like shutting down on me and I could not run any faster. And I was slowing down hugely. And I remember looking backwards and thinking, okay, Tim, as long as you don't fall, you will win. But like, I was very concerned about that because I kept stumbling, you know, <laughs> and I thought, you know, and I mean, uh, I wish I could say that like I won and it was like the greatest feeling in the world, but it was more relief than it was joy. You know, I, I built that season into something that it probably shouldn't have been, you know, I, I, yeah. I had myself convinced that if I didn't win, that like my, my career would have been a failure, that people would have looked back on me as the guy who won national championships, but couldn't win. You know, the the last one. I wanted to be John Elway, you know, yeah, yeah. go up with my Super Bowl, which I did. Yep. But in the pursuit of that, I think I lost some of the joy. And it was a hard season, you know, okay. because I think I, I, it was a hard season because a lot of my very best friends, Justice B. Bowl, you know, had graduated. Mickey Stott had graduated. Um, you know, a lot of those guys that I'd ran with in the past, you know, and I was I was old now. I was a fifth-year senior, and anyone who's been a fifth-year senior in college knows what I'm talking about. Oh, a lot of your friends are gone and moved out their lives. And I, uh, you know, I was, I was very happy to still be there running, but I, I put so much undue pressure on myself that I, I think I lost the joy of just going out and having a good time on a run, you know, okay. and was just so concerned with winning and losing that, you know, when I did finally win, it was great. And I'm proud of myself, but, um, you know, I think that I also, you know, didn't necessarily all keep it for the right reasons, you know? Okay. Okay. What I mean, sure. Sure. Yeah. Um, you feel like if you cruise to the finish and won by 30 ish seconds, it, you would have had a different feel after the race. If it, 
No. Okay. Okay. Just no. overall, no matter what the result. Yep. Yep. I mean, you just got there retelling that you just, you got, you kind of nailed how, how just tough on yourself you were throughout your career at Stout. Just how maybe you overthought some things, it was but good just at, how tough you were on yourself. A blessing and a curse. Yeah, certainly. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, got a couple offers to run professionally after Stout. Um, did you, did you take hard consideration to that? Did you, did you? actually think okay this is what i'm gonna do right after college or did you have have army on your mind the whole time well i had to do army so i could have gone into the reserves or the national guard but uh i I was really i I picked up the pen and i almost signed a contract to run for brooks hansen but i just told him you know i set the pen down i was like let me think about it you know this this is my life you know and Mm. there were several reasons why i decided not to do it um one i had accomplished really all of the goals that i had ever set for myself in running you know um I, I really had. I never thought that I'd be as you know as successful as I was. I'm very grateful for that. But you know, running was something I did with my friends too. You know, and it was, um, you know, it was a, a lot of. I wouldn't have been with my friends anymore. I'm sure I would have made new ones. But, um, but I, you know, and I was very burned out. I think because of the way that I had approached my last senior of uh, senior year of cross country, I was very burned out mm-hmm. um, and did not. And so I decided to just take my life in another direction. Um, and also, uh, you know, I. I was really broke in college <laughs> and I didn't want to be so broke anymore. <laughs> and, uh, you know, running professionally, there's, you know, not that money is everything, but I was sick of being, you know, it wasn't, you know, I, I was looking forward to maybe having a little bit more financial stability and security. Okay. And that was something the army did offer me. So, okay. yeah. Sure. And I joined the army and did that instead. And I don't regret that. Cause that was just a, that was such an adventure, you know? Yeah. And, um, I don't think I could have got that running. Yeah. How many years with the army? Well, I'm still in now. I'm in the National Guard. I'm in the Minnesota National Guard, and I'm a company commander. Okay. Um, but I was active duty for a little over four years, and I got to do some cool stuff. You know, I went to Army Ranger School. I did Airborne School. Um, I was a platoon leader of tanks. Um, I went to uh, Kuwait and Iraq. Um, I went to Korea. Um, you know, I went to the National Training Center at Fort Irwin a few times. I got to run the Army 10 miles several times. That was great, you know. Um, I did uh, Best Ranger competition twice. Okay. You know, and the, the, my running background really was uh, was was probably the number one reason why I was successful at a lot of those things. Did you find yourself running consistently while still active duty? Um, you said you ran the 10-milers. Were you, would you say you're in pretty good shape for those races? I was, yeah. yeah. I, you know, definitely like, you know, over the course of time now, I've pretty much, I've, I've had a consistent slowdown, you know, I, but, uh, but uh, yeah, I stayed in, I stayed in very good shape, especially throughout my time throughout the, um, when I was active duty. Yep. Okay. Yeah. It's just, I'm always curious, you know, when the, when the switch just turns off for people who have had even just a lot of success in high school, you know, four, sub four, 10, 1600 meter runners in high school, and then just kind of catching up what they did in college and it's like they didn't run past their sophomore year or your situation where you're a four-time division three national champion college level and and how you were in a dilemma there when you said like you had to put the pen down on the Hanson's Brooks contract and and go army um had had a dilemma there but I just think you know even I didn't have nearly the success you did Tim as, as in college but just thinking of like where I was with running and how I still at, at age 27 I think back man, I was running those times. I want to get back down to that. I want to prove to myself and that I'm faster and I want to get better on the roads and just like always kind of having an itch to run. I guess it's just the innate love for running, um, where, where some people it's just easier to, 
to turn off the switch. Um, and like you said, burnt out, um, felt the same way. You know, you look back at how many teammates were just there out the door, ready to run. And you had that set time to run and you had goals. You're wearing UW stout on your Jersey running for a school. And I, I just wonder for you, you know, are you still, like you said, at the start of the conversation, you don't really reflect on your time or your running career at stout, at least as it, has it ever come into your your thoughts, you know, working full-time now and really away from, you know, years out of college now, but do you, do you still have the occasional thought of like, I wonder what I could still do? No, okay. no. Um, I, I, you know, I, I would like to do a hundred mile race. Yeah. That I would like to do. So for me now, it's more like, I know I'm never going to be as fast as I was anymore. My knees yep. are kind of messed up from my, my army ranger days. Okay. Um, I don't think I could hack the miles I once ran. Um, and I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. I'm really, really happy with where my life's went. Um, there's so much more to life than running. Running is most, one of the greatest things that's ever happened to me in my life. However, just like anything, I think it's very dangerous to build your life around only one thing. Mm. Um, so I'm just, you know, I'm just enjoying life and doing different things now. But I still love going for runs. I still love, but for me, it's more social thing. I don't really get a big kick out of going out for a run by myself anymore. Okay. Um, you know, I, I do it for obesity prevention, which I'm I'm slowly losing that battle, but I'm still hanging in there. Um, <laughs> but, but anyways, I uh, you know I like going out and going for a run, but I still especially love to run with other people. Okay. Like love, love, love going and running with other people. One of my favorite things to do if I can go run and have a conversation, which. As you know, I like to talk, which is why I've been on the phone for over an hour now. Um, but um, yeah, yeah, no, I, I. But I do want to do once in my life. I'm, I'm telling you now. You've heard me say it. I want to do a hundred mile race one time. I did a 50k once. I really enjoyed it. Okay. And you know, I did a lot of. I, I did some really hardcore stuff in the army. You know, at the best ranger competition and ranger school. And I always really, really enjoyed the. You know, it wasn't about like winning or lo- well, best ranger definitely was about winning or losing. But it wasn't as much about winning or losing. It was more just about like how much can you push yourself yep, you know yep. like what how uncomfortable and how miserable can you make yourself you know what experience can i get out of this and i, I really enjoy that whole like experience chasing now so i'd like to do 100 just for that okay do you feel like you'd have a true build-up to the 100 miler or would it just be running occasionally or or I've just, like how much are you running right now per week or do you not know? a lot okay. i run like five days a week five six days a week um, okay. but i you know i really i don't run over like six miles very often anymore yep. uh, i do a lot of four four or five mile runs um would the hundred miler then I, just be uh let's jump into no, this let's, or would you want to build no, up I, to it yeah, i would train yeah right, i would hey. train i think that'd be a horrible idea <laughs> <laughs> I, I would train you have to i mean when yeah. you get to that distance you gotta yeah. you gotta build the miles yeah. up just i wouldn't train to yeah. win i would just train to finish but oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep 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 um, now, now you're, you're getting into, or you're, you're deep into real estate from what I gathered. And, uh, how did that then that career turn going from army into real estate? Um, I know you're still with national guard, you said, but, um, real estate's number one for career right now. Correct. Yep. Okay. And hopefully forever. Yeah. Hopefully yeah. Forever. Okay. No, no, I really like it and it's going very well. And uh, it's a, it's a wonderful match for my personality because I, I enjoy real estate a lot and i love people so therefore real estate sales is a, a good a very a very good niche for me um a lot of my family is in real estate a lot of the men especially my dad's side many gotcha. many of them are in in real estate sales real estate ownership landlording investing um and i got into it actually because i bought the college rental the uw south cross country house that i lived in 
right when I graduated college, I, I bought a rental property and it happened to be that property, the Pleasure Dome, rented across country runners for many years. Um, and then I just started buying more and more rental properties. Um, I'd add one or two a year. Um, and then finally I got to the point where I was like, well, you know, I actually really enjoy this more than I enjoy being full-time in the army, love the army, but I, I want to go into real estate. But I was like, well, I don't, I don't make enough money just off my real estate investments that I could live off of. So I was like, well, let's sell real estate in the meantime as a natural bridge. And I did that and I actually really enjoy that more than I, I enjoy, uh, um, landlording and real estate investing. So that, that leads me to where I am now. And I, I still own, uh, a bunch of student rentals and such. Okay. But yeah. Yep. Um, just one more reflection on the college running career before just a few quick hitters to end the conversation here. Um, do you ever look back to him on UW stout running career and just say, how did I do that? Yeah, sometimes, sometimes <laughs> I was like a kid from the middle of nowhere, you know, nowhere, nowhere high school. And I, um, you know, I mean, yeah, I, I, I really wasn't that, I wasn't that good. I wasn't always that driven and it was just something really clicked. I was very fortunate to have like just a, such an amazing coach and just an atmosphere that allowed me to, everyone was so supportive and I had teammates who were always there for us and we trained together, ate together, studied together. And just, I, I built my life around that in college and it was just, and I had a lot of fun and um glad I did it. But yeah, sometimes I'm like, man, how did I ever run 1357? I, <laughs> right. you know, that's like my, it's like my two mile time. No, no, not quite that bad. <laughs> yeah. 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 It was a lot of fun. It was a lot. Of, and, and, you know, at the end of the day, it was a lot of fun, a lot of good stories. And, and more importantly, even more just really good friendships. Um, yep. Don't take I, it for uh, granted and just got back cherish from, it. No, every day, man. It's such a wonderful time in your life. I, I wouldn't go back. I wouldn't go back, not even for a day because okay. I don't believe in that. But um, I just got back from the Boundary Waters, uh, a big canoe trip with my wife mm-hmm. and uh, Paul Van Grisven, who is one of my best friends now and was uh, one of my best friends on the uh, Stout Cross Country team. We ran together. Oh, Paul fantastic. was an All-American in the steeple, and um, now, now we hang out together all the time. This last Friday night, I went out with dinner for dinner and drinks with uh, um, David Linsmeyer, who was one of the guys who was on one of the Stout National uh, national teams. Gotcha. Um, who I actually helped recruit. We only ran together for one or two years, but it's cool that those friendships are still around. Lifelong connections, indeed. <laughs> yeah, some of my best friends. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, some quick hitters here. Just um, a couple of them might have to elaborate a bit on, but starting here, uh, training shoe of choice in college and also racing spike of choice in college. Uh, uh, I ran in a few Brooks launch, um, but they're, they're the old Brooks launch. Uh, they, they don't have them anymore. I think they, they totally redid the, the design. Yep. Um, that was my training shoe. Uh, I also, before that I ran in like the Nike air something. Got to remember. So <laughs> a lot of different air, but yeah, yeah, mostly the launches. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that's a long time ago. I was like almost 10 years ago. Um, <laughs> and then I, uh, the Nike Matumbos. Yeah. Um, the one was, one was greenish and one was blue. Okay. You know, there was two different colored shoes yeah, yeah, for yeah, right yeah. and left foot. That, that, those were the ones I, I raced in when I was at my peak. Mm-hmm. Did you ever consider running a steeplechase? Yeah. My coach said no. <laughs> I, I didn't have the greatest form. I've never been graceful and I didn't have the greatest form in the world. That would have been a disaster. <laughs> yeah. Uh, favorite uh, Green Bay Packers player of all time? It hurts me to say this, Brett Favre. Okay, yep. Brett can't, Favre, man. Can't get I, away from Favre. Who's the quarterback when I? 
Yo, he was a quarterback and I grew up. It hurt so bad when he went to the Vikings, but yeah, I still love him and I, I thank him for the awesome memories. Uh, regular season record prediction for the 2019 Green Bay Packers? Uh, eight, and eight. Eight and eight. Eight and eight, even 500. Yeah. Yeah, I think they'll be a little better than they were last year, but I think they'll still, first year coach, new system, I don't know. Yep. Um, I'm not 100% certain we rebuilt the team through the, the, the draft slash free agency. I think we'll be better. And on an upward projection, but I, st- I still think no playoffs, 8-8. Eight eight. Okay. Let's take it, 500. Um, I know the Green Bay faithful will not be too pleased. Um, yeah. 8-8. Eight eight. <laughs> we're, we're, yeah, we're, we are uh, um, very entitled fans. <laughs> we expect the best. Yeah. Um, best fishing memory or best catch you've had? Uh, one time I was in Canada fishing with my dad and a buddy and we ran low on minnows. So we went back into town to get minnows. Um, and we were up in uh, Eastern Ontario and then on the way back, we had the minnows. We didn't bring a camera. We didn't have the boat with the measuring tape or anything. And we decided to fish our way back. And I caught like probably a walleye that was probably like 10, 12 pounds, probably about 32 inches. Biggest walleye my dad or I has ever seen in the boat. And my dad has caught a lot of really nice fish. All we never measured it, and I, I threw it back, and we didn't even get a picture of it. But I do remember we had an eight-pound scale, and we 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 weighed it with that, and it bottomed it out, you know, like so easily. <laughs> I mean, it was it was huge, man, and it lives only in it lives only in my memory and in my dad's memory. <laughs> I'm gonna uh, same question, but with hunting, because I I read you do love hunting and fishing, so hunting. Um. um Probably my wife's first deer she shot with a bow. I got my wife into hunting, and she's really big into it. And uh, she, that's, that's uh, she's, be, she's be proud like, of that. Never... Oh yeah, and like yeah. she's she's like unbelievably good at it. Like she has just a total knack for it. That's like almost like an unnaturally good knack, which is great. But yeah, she on her third day bow hunting ever, she shot a deer with her bow and Whoa. called me, and I was hunting a few hundred yards away. We went and found it. It was really a fun, fun time, good memory. Where did you meet your wife? The army, army, okay. Scout ROTC. Yeah, gotcha. she, she's an officer in the National Guard as well. Great. Um, favorite yeah. Twilight character? None. Why did it say on your bio <laughs> that, that you're gonna have to explain that oh. to me? That your 2012 I, field I, bio it said interest in Twilight was one of them. <laughs> oh, because I was a smart ass. <laughs> Yeah. I should have prefaced it by asking, um, "Did you? Does, is that an error? Does it mean to say Twilight there? Or you might just have an it, effect, affinity it, for Twilight." Uh, no, I was just a, I was just a wise a wise acre. <laughs> um, are you are you a Harry Potter fan at all? Do you have any any? Yes. Books? Yeah, okay. I am. Yep. Okay. Four, fourth book. Yeah, got a little flavor. Um, last meal on Earth. You have to pick. Uh, just an entree, you can add a side to it and a drink with it. Um, last meal on earth, what would you choose? Uh, a Chili Mac MRE, not because I like them, but just because, I mean, my army background, I just feel like that'd be very fitting. And I, um, and uh, probably, uh, I don't know, some sort of beer. Yeah. I'd have a beer with it. Um, and then potentially a near beer because we have to drink those on deployment. Um, and then what was the last thing? Um, I think you, I mean, if you have a side of choice too, you said entree. Not, yeah, just yeah, the sides that come with it. Yeah, whatever, yeah. <laughs> whatever the sides of the MRE are, I'll just take those. Yeah. 
I have to ask too if you if you're a fan of Boney Vare, if you know of his presence around Eau Claire. I mean, I I wouldn't say that I'm like a big fan of his music, but okay. I really am impressed with everything he's done for Eau Claire. He's been really good for Eau Claire, yeah. really good for downtown Eau Claire. Really helped grow it and like put us on the map as just like a wonderful place to live, especially for young professionals. And and you know, it's he, he's I really respect him and what he has done, and I I really hope that his like popularity continues to soar and that yeah. he continues to invest in Eau Claire because he's made such a difference. Mm. I saw him perform at Fox Theater in downtown Detroit uh, just back in April and been a fan of his for a while so I just wanted to and I knew his outreach and how, what he's doing for Eau Claire is, is humongous for the city and that's great to hear that you it are is. well aware of that and can see his work yeah. in action. Um, cool and uh, yeah just final words you kind of hit on it through that through that hour plus conversation there, but just advice you would give to a uh, high school running, how high school runner looking to extend his or her career into college, no matter what level it is, NCAA or NAIA. Um, and then someone who might be struggling right now within their college career, whether it's freshman, sophomore year, uh, maybe even an upperclassman who needs a little boost. Um, uh, first advice to a high school runner looking to, to get after it in college and then uh, a current college runner who who might be facing a dark time or, or a setback in his or her career. Advice for them? Oh, great question. So, okay, for somebody who might be struggling right now, this is what I this is what I say. Um, I, I I kind of alluded to it earlier, but like, there's so much to life, you know, um, running and otherwise. So, I really believe that like you should never you can't be one dimensional. You should never you know. You, running should never be so important that if you're not running well that it makes you unhappy as a person because like if you ask me like tim what's your identity like i would say well i'm like a husband i'm a real estate agent i'm a landlord um i'm a runner i'm an outdoor enthusiast um you know i whatever you know so i think maybe there's like eight or ten things that i would say define me so at any given point one of those things is probably not going very well but there's probably at least three or four that are going super well you know Mm -hmm. So yep. as long as you like have that well-rounded, like just opinion of yourself and like identity of yourself, if for whatever reason you get hurt or you aren't, you have a bad race or two, like it, it's not going to like wreck you because there's more to your life than just that, you know? Um, yep. and that goes for anything. Um, and then other than that, I'll tell you what my, my, my company commander, one of the greatest company commanders I ever had, Matt White told me, and he used to tell us this all the time. He used to say, don't be average. Mm-hmm. don't settle for average you know and that's that's i think so many people are okay with that so many people just settle when it comes to everything not just running but people are just okay with being okay and yeah. you know you only get one life drive it like you stole it don't settle always be seeking the next way you can make yourself better get a little bit better you know um and just yeah just don't be average don't be an average team mate don't be an average friend don't be an average runner find a way to give yourself a little bit of an edge even if it's like you know well i remember one thing i i did when i was in high school this was like a foreshadowing of how freaking crazy and weird i was but i would finish my runs by running through like a snow-covered field with like three feet of snow on the ground and i i did that because i convinced myself that well nobody else runs through a snow-covered field to finish their run for like a quarter mile (laughs) so i did because i thought it made me tougher and like you know, I used to, I used to tack on two minutes to the end of every run one summer. I did it for the entire summer and I figured, well, two minutes times seven days a week, that's 14 extra minutes. I ran an extra two miles. So if I was running an 80 mile week, I, I ran an 82 mile week. So I made myself 3% better. You know what sure. I mean? 
Yep. So just fine. Just don't be average. And then apply that to every area of your life because eventually you're not going to be a runner. So if you learn like really good habits and life lessons from being a runner, like Oprah said, running is the best metaphor for life. So then yeah. you can apply all that crap you learned to the rest of your life and it'll make you a better person and happier. And, you know, so yeah, just don't be average. Love the takeaways there. Love it. Fantastic. Yeah. There too. Uh, well, I really appreciate the time took out of your Sunday night here and, and just meeting you really on the phone here. First time chatting here. Um, but you did, you, you made an impact on my running career of being a fellow D3 runner and just really honored to chat with you. Just what you did for division three running, the legacy is lasting. And, and again, the advice, what you went through in your career and, and what we can take away from running. And like you said, put it into other aspects of life, not just some of the wisdom you gave there in this talk, um, you can take it into other careers, no matter who you are and where you're from. So really appreciate the time here on the podcast. And you know, if the, if the Packers end up going eight and eight, Tim, I might have to get you on the pod again to give more predictions. Yeah. Nail that one <laughs> yeah, on the head. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds good. But but yeah. I, I appreciate it, James. Thank yeah. you. Thank you for asking me to do it. It was fun. Absolutely. Thanks again for listening to Hooray Run Podcast, episode 28. Much appreciation there to Tim for taking time out of a Sunday night to join the podcast. Hooray Run on social media. There's a Facebook page. Instagram is at Hooray Run, one word. Twitter, at Hooray underscore run. Email Hooray Run. Run at gmail.com. The podcast, it's on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify now, as I said at the top of this episode. It's on Stitcher, Overcast, SoundCloud, many more platforms. Tell a friend, recommend, subscribe, leave a review. Thanks as always to Mikey, aka Meeks Palmer on SoundCloud, for the intro outro beats. And that's a wrap for episode 28.